And we're live. All right. Hey. Welcome to number 12, episode number 12 of the Crypto Mining Tools podcast. And we'll just take this moment right now to get all of our guests to put their phones on vibrate. <laughs> <laughs> so today we have um, Devin Blitzer with us. And uh, hey, Devin. And hey. as well as our co-host, Ethan Zerka. Hey, and everybody. You know, happy 2020. Oh, yeah. We're all here. <laughs> it's, it's a new year. That's right. <laughs> And I'm Scott Offord, your host. Um, so today is an exciting episode. Uh, Devin's going to be telling us all about uh, electricity, uh, power generation, and some alternative ways that, that miners are, are doing it these days. Um, so it's going to be a very educational episode. Um, but before we get to Devin, um, we're going to just talk about an upcoming conference today. Um, Ethan, you and I are going to this, aren't, aren't we? Yes, we are. And I'm so excited to go to it. It's the um, Mining Disrupt Conference in Miami, and it's happening this summer, I believe in July, um, towards the end of July. And Scott and I are, are hopefully going to be, you know, really prominent in this event and um, help this event out with a lot of other aspects and, and bring some new ideas to this event. So I'm really excited to go. I'm really excited to put our new ideas um, forward and, and, you know, help make this event the best that it can be. Absolutely. So if you go to two.tools slash mining dash disrupt, you can see here that the prices are actually a little bit lower if you go to that link. So two.tools slash mining dash disrupt. You get 10% yeah. off if you use the code offered Scott, or if you use the link, it's going to be automatically applied. All right. So let's get to Devin. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, what got you into this whole mining thing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, first off, I'll be at Mining Disrupt too, so definitely recommend that. Awesome. Definitely recommend that conference. Uh, my background is more traditional uh, tech. I used to work at the weather company and IBM and doing cloud and AI development. And uh, in in 2017, left full time for the mining industry and uh, did some colo. And and did a lot of you know data center aspects of of, of that of the business and industry, and ends up uh, we have now transitioned into power generation. So uh, not just for Bitcoin mining, but we're power generation for data centers. So the blockchain industry, traditional and cloud, and the ability to do on-site generation uh, instead of using the grid and using the grid as backup as well to be able to you know maximize your uptime. Uh, and so and so, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities uh, for for mining, you know, cheap power. Uh, mm -hmm. And as this industry grows and it becomes more and more competitive, that kilowatt hour rate really becomes more and more uh, competitive and lower. Yeah. So tell us about the the different sites uh, or the different types of on site power generation um, that. Are, yeah. Are, yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So what you're seeing right now uh, in the mining world with on-site power generation is using stranded gas assets. Uh, the reason being okay. is because compared to on market, the gas is basically free, and so that's a huge competitive advantage uh, when generating when generating your electricity. Uh, there's different types. There's different types of fuel, natural gas that that you can okay. you can source to be able to run your generators. There's Flare gas, which is currently being flared up. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen an oil field, but that flame, it's, they're just burning okay. the, the natural gas into the sky. So that, wow. that's gas that you can capture 
and and treat and be able to generate electricity with on site. Okay. Uh, and, and then at the oil field, you would have you would have the data center at the oil field. So instead of paying transmission fees and distribution fees like you have with the grid, you don't pay those. You immediately step down to your data center and you as well get free fuel. So that's why you're able to generate really low, low kilowatt hour rates. Uh, there's the flare gas, which is wells that are currently being drilled. Okay. Uh, there's there's a stranded gas where the the cost the cost to bring to you know these these are wells that have been drilled uh, that aren't produ the wells aren't producing that but the gas is still just trapped there the, the gas is trapped there exactly it can it can produce megawatts and megawatts and megawatts uh, of power and uh, and so there's that and then there's also areas uh, where where you actually it's it's gas that is in the pipeline but it's so cheap that these oil companies are are willing to secure really cheap rates for the gas well you will pay something but you're getting pipeline quality gas you're mm -hmm. you're able to you know be at one site for for 10 years and uh and so the ability to have multiple sources of of, of cheap gas whether it's stranded flared or in the pipeline and cheap, for instance, in the Permian, people were paying to, to move that gas, right? So uh, you can either come in and, and, and take that gas potentially for free, or if you want to sign a five or 10 year contract, you're gonna have to pay something for that gas, uh, but you're, you're able to be very competitive. You have a huge competitive advantage when negotiating those types of contracts. Now, can you give me an idea of, of how long, you know, like what would be the, the kind of cutoff point for these gas reservoirs in terms of like how long they can produce, like where would be kind of your ideal break even point? Do you want something that, that lasts longer than five years or do you want something that lasts longer than 20 years or 50 years? What's. Yeah. 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 So if you can be at one location for 10, 15 years, uh, that's of course ideal. Right. But, but what you're seeing and uh, what really becomes competitive is the ability to have mobile turbine units that can be transported on 18 wheelers. Uh, they're okay. just, they just look like huge shipping containers, but they generate five megawatts or wow. two megawatts or you know 35 megawatts. Uh, so there, there's, there's mobile units that you're able to deploy depending on, depending on the well and the location, whether or not, uh, it's a shell play, whether it's in the Permian or, or the Bakken, uh, which is which is in North Dakota, and the Permian's in in Texas, which is rich, which is which is rich gas, right? And what you have is every every year you having to that decline rate of of the gas uh, becomes becomes uh, exponentially lower and lower to where you have to drill new wells. So what you're seeing is that. These oil companies every year are having to drill new wells, drill new wells, drill, drill new wells, and and so uh, there. It just depends on the site location where you are, whether you whether you're in Texas or North Dakota, or if you're in Canada okay. or Pennsylvania. If you're talking about gas wells, those gas wells are going to last a lot a lot longer uh, as well. And and essentially, uh, one of the one of the benefits of, of dealing with you know ga gas wells. Uh, is that you can choke back the flow rate of the gas to mm -hmm. get a consistent supply for a longer period of time, whereas you're 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 piggybacking on an oil company as well. They're drilling for oil. Their byproduct is the gas, and they're not going to choke back their wells for your benefit, right? So you don't mm -hmm. have to move so now. 
Yeah, I was just wondering, uh, you said rich gas. Is that a, a type of gas or what? Yeah, what so there, there's rich is gas. There, is there like a poor gas and a rich gas and a middle gas? <laughs> Stinky gas? There, yeah. uh, uh, there's rich gas and there's lean gas. Okay, lean so, gas. So you have your gas when, you, when, you, when you're drilling an oil well. They're drilling for the oil and they don't, the, the gas is kind of, kind of a, a gnat to them. It's an issue. But if they can market it, they can make money off of it. But they're having so much issues without pipeline capacity. Uh, the difference, though, between the rich gas and the lean gas is that, for instance, uh, in your gas composition, you'll have methane, ethane, propane, butane, hexane, pentane. Right, uh, carbon. That's a lot of gas. Yeah, that's a lot of tangs. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're all used for different things. Uh, your 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 turbine wants to have as hot as pure of methane as possible, right? Okay. So, so that's these, that's the gas that smells really bad, if I understand correctly, right? So, like uh, well, organic. It actually is odorless, but they make it smell oh. bad, so you so you know oh. that that. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's an issue going on. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so rich gas has propane and butane in there, which actually derates the performance of your turbine. So if you have pipeline quality gas, which is hundred percent methane, you're gonna okay. get you're gonna get the the highest performance out of that turbine. With this rich gas, uh, there's smaller turbines that can take that can take this rich gas, but if you're talking about a 35 megawatt turbine by GE, uh, it can't take 55% methane, 22% ethane, 12% propane. It, it has to take, you know, 93% uh, methane, right? As pure but, as possible. Yes, but but the cost to be able to treat the gas, uh, it you have to based on how much your scale you're scaling whether or not you're doing a 35 megawatt deployment or a five megawatt deployment mm -hmm. it it might not make any sense to treat to treat that that five uh that five megawatt gas of rich gas so you would have a turbine that can consume that that 55 percent methane uh it will be derated but but es essentially uh what you have is just a variety of different compositions of gas making up those ains that we're okay. that we're that we were talking about, and based on site locations that that you source, based on the gas composition that 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 you see that you receive with from the oil company, you would then model out which turbine or gas engine uh, you know received. exactly. Okay, exactly. so, exactly. so you're, you're talking about turbines, gas engines, generators. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I don't. That's not necessarily my expertise. What What's the difference, and and uh, how do you deploy these things? Yeah, and, yeah, and like yeah, how, how are they expensive? Are they like crazy? Uh, are they like jet engines? Like you know, what are they? Yeah. Yeah. So jet en So for some of some of the uh, it's a very some of them are very similar to air derivative jet engines uh okay. they are essentially jet engines uh some of the turbines then you have your your heavier turbines uh the cost the cost for the turbine i mean if you're talking about you know a, a a few megawatt a megawatt or a few megawatt deal you're talking about a million dollars a megawatt uh but then wow. if you yeah, but then you're but then if you you know scale up, you can get down to you know six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, and this is this is including install and, every, mm -hmm. and every, okay. every, everything like that. Uh, now now those are for gas turbines. Gas engines are cheaper, right? You can get them mm -hmm. for three hundred, four hundred thousand used, or six hundred, seven hundred thousand new. 
Okay. The per, difference, per megawatt? Per megawatt, yes. Okay. The difference between a gas engine and a gas turbine is that the gas engine is a recipient. They're both considered gas en- they're both considered gas engines. You call them gas engines, but there's okay. the reciprocating engine. Like, and like the pistons. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And like, then the like others, like car. the turbines in a jet. It's one, yeah, one moving part. So even though the CapEx is cheaper on, on the reciprocating engines, the operations and maintenance of that, of that reciprocating engine is a lot higher. So, ah. yeah. So, so, uh, if you are able to to get turbines financed, uh, most of the time you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot better performance. You're gonna get 98 to 99 percent uptime on that turbine. Uh, where where with with your reciprocating engines, you have a, more than five percent downtime to be able to, to fix that up. And you yeah. have to have some you know you have a few of those where you have to have more people on site, and so that opex cost really increases. Okay. Uh, so when these engines burn this gas, I'm assuming that the the emissions coming out are much better for the environment than just you know letting the flame burn at the top of the the drill tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so what you have with these with these turbines, these smaller turbines, up until you know you have your your one, your five, your your ten, fifteen megawatt turbines. A lot of them are DLE, which is dry low emissions. Uh, then you have though uh, the GETM twenty five hundred. Uh, what it, it's a mobile turbine. If you just Google TM twenty five hundred, you'll see it. Get a real good visual of, of what what it is. Uh, and and so so essentially, uh, yeah. I mean, if you were to if you were to de- deploy that right uh, in in North Dakota. Uh, you you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to to take that gas, so you would have you would have to treat it, right? Uh, and so they're currently burning burning it up into the sky. That fifty five percent methane, that twenty two percent ethane, that twelve percent propane, that six percent butane. And so you you would you would be able. It's very expensive, but you bring out a seven or eight million dollar treatment skid, and you would you would separate that that propane all the propanes and the ethanes and everything like that so your your turbine can take that methane uh even though that that specific tm2500 has horrible emissions mm-hmm. compared to your your smaller turbines and there's a lot of issues where you actually need uh you need you need you, you need an upgrade to your exhaust to be able to handle handle uh the oxidation right because mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of emissions with that that's that specific turbine but since you're removing all that propane that butane and everything like that uh it becomes a lot easier to become epa approved right because you're uh-huh. you're 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 instead of burning it all into the sky you're utilizing that methane but you're also taking that propane and that butane mm-hmm. and you're you're mar- you're you're marketing you, you know you can you can sell those ngls or you can take that propane and generate a generate more electricity with it. Just run on a, on a hundred percent propane, and you know do more mining. So, so uh, I, I'd like to talk uh, shortly here about doing this in warm environments versus cold. Uh, but first, uh, why don't we talk about our sponsor a little bit here, Ethan? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd like to give a shout out and a, a big thank you to our sponsor, NovaBlock. Um, NovaBlock is is just very young. It came here in the United States roughly five months ago. And in that short time, they've managed to become one of the fifth largest pools in the world. And they're helping you know shift away the mining that's going on in China and help to bring it here into North America. And they want to become a leader. And they believe in giving their customers, you know, transparency and helping them make informed decisions as to which pool um, is the right fit for them. And I've gotten some feedback from some people using Nova Pool and everybody says it's really great. They've compared it with other pools and they've really found that it does make a difference for you know their mining operations. So give it a try. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so if you want to give it a try on their website in the top right hand corner, there's a sign up button and you just need to Sign up. There's an invitation code you can use. Type in offered18, and that will get you uh, a reduced mining pool fee down to 1.8%. Um, so, also, uh, it's worth to say that if you have a lot of hash power and mm -hmm. you're looking to make a change, you can go there. You can probably even get a little bit lower than 1.8%. But anyway, sign up at novablock.com, offered18, and try out Novablock. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. All right. Sure. All right. So back to you, uh, Devin. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how these things work in, in the cold environments and versus hot? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, these these turbines, uh, depending if you're talking, you know, there's a difference between your reciprocating and your turbines. Uh, with with your turbines, your turbine does performs significantly better in colder environments than hot uh -huh. environments. So for instance, uh, your five megawatt, you know, if you have a solar Taurus 60, which is a very, very popular five megawatt turbine, if you deploy that and it's rated for five megawatts, uh, and then and then it hits 100 degrees, 90 to 100 degrees in Texas, it could be derated to four megawatts. Uh -huh. so, so being in the colder environments is great. Uh, now, now, in regards to being able to, you know, you always want to have the cold, the coldest, the cold, the colder environment. But there's ways to be able to uh, intake cold air to the turbine so that it actually performs as if it was receiving below 50 degree Fahrenheit air, ambient air, versus 90 to 100 degrees. So what 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 that's called is inlet air chilling, and mm -hmm. With essentially what, what you can do is uh, what you do is you can do cogeneration. So you take that exhaust, you take that exhaust of, of the gas and and you have a boiler that creates with that waste heat, you create steam that then powers a steam turbine that creates mm -hmm. more electricity, you know, 30 to 40 percent more like electricity uh, on top of your five megawatts. Right. And with some of that electricity electricity you power an absorption chiller that that chills the 90 degree temperature to, to you know 50 or 45 degrees depending on on what your turbine can take without icing you know it gets too cold in it and sure ices. Yeah. Uh, but the the ability to have what's called a HERSIG heat recovery steam generation uh, will allow you to be able to operate at optimal kilowatt you know op optimal Performance rating, which then brings down your kilowatt hour rate uh, in hot environments, right? 
Now with reciprocating engines, depending on depending on the reciprocating engine, uh, they their also elevation is a huge uh, is one yeah. of the variable factors for the turbines. It's not as much for the reciprocating engines, and also a lot of these a lot of these engines, uh, you know, you won't see anything past you won't see any derating uh, up until 80, 80 Fahrenheit where, where uh, that's not the case with the turbines. But then there's also gas engines that can run 110, 120 degrees. So, you know, you can deploy mm -hmm. these in, in the Middle East and, and the gas engines, you won't really have much of a derating. So it all comes down to, uh, at the end of the day, uh, knowing, knowing what your gas is, but not only your gas, but what that specific site location is. And based off, based off that, there's multiple way, multiple scenarios to run to be able to make sure that you're deploying the lowest cost, most efficient gas engine. Okay. So, yeah, t talking about efficiency like that, um, I mean, how how can you really maximize your generator output? Yeah, through through that through that Hersig unit, okay. uh, the heat recovery. So so what what you can do is, for instance. Uh, you have a five megawatt turbine. You take that heat recovery. You create steam with the boiler, generate more electricity, and so you go from five megawatts to you know seven megawatts. But then, with some of that power, you're then able to air chill the inlet temperature and get that base five megawatts of the turbine to five point five megawatts, six megawatts. So you end up getting eight megawatts. Uh, not only not only that, but let's say you bought you buy your gas for a cents a kilo, a kilowatt hour right mm -hmm. and then and then you add this hersig this heat recovery steam generation well what what you're doing is you're seeing a 30 you know let's just say a 33% increase in in uh, or half you know you're seeing 33% increase from 5 megawatts to, to 7.5 megawatts mm -hmm. so that actually reduces your 1 cent a kilowatt hour cost to down to like 70 six, cents yeah, yeah, like point point seven cents. So. Yes, so <laughs> that is the that is how you optimize your uh, your kilowatt hour rate. Okay, and one one question um, technically about the actual voltage that's delivered. How do you actually hook them up to the miners, you know, or the containers, what, whatever you're doing? What what voltage is it getting delivered at? Yeah, so it just depends on the on the uh, gas engine. It can be anywhere from four eighty to thirteen point eight, right? Oh wow! Yeah. So you're talking about you know one to two up. When you're talking more so about five plus megawatts, you're getting into thirteen point eight. Uh, but that allows you to be able to you you can step it down to your two forty from there. So is there there any challenges to stepping that down or? Uh, so what you're seeing is very pop very very popularly asked by uh, miners is four fifteen two forty, and you would just size a thirteen point thirteen point eight uh, kV input right to that transformer that would then have your whatever size your your, your your turbine is you know five megawatts 35 megawatts you would size that that that's transformer and then you would step it down to whatever your your data center requirements are per data center now that would come many, in at 240. how many amps are these generators capable of making Oh, that that's a that, that's a very good question. Uh, it 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 really just it really just depends. Uh, it depends on 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 a, on a on a bunch of factors. Uh, but when when you're talking about you know five megawatts at at four eighty, uh, mm -hmm. you can yeah, run, watch, you yeah. run the math. <laughs> we we can do yeah. the math. <laughs> yeah. So 
I have a question yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I'll, um, I'll, do I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. On specific specific uh, amps for for, tur for turbines, and uh, I don't have any. I don't have any numbers off the top of my head. I apologize. Sure. No. No, good no worries. Good answer. Good answer. Um, so, yes, you know, some people are, are claiming that mining or or doing this data center stuff uh, using gas is a lot cheaper than using the grid. Uh, I mean, what what's your opinion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like we had talked about uh, with previous before, I, I had previously just quickly mentioned uh, that compared to the grid, right, what you're seeing on the grid is that a power plant buys the gas on market, they do their on-site power generation, and they step off their transformers to the grid, hits those transmission lines, takes it however far it is to, to the end user, you have your distribution, and then and then you step it down, and then that's how how miners miners get their their power from the grid. Well, that that transmission and distribution can take up to four can cost up to forty percent of the kilowatt hour rate, right? Mm -hmm. So by being able to save on that cost and the ability to get the gas for basically free compared to you know two dollars two two dollar two fifty in MCF. Uh, two dollars and fifty cents every thousand cubic feet that that when you when you calculate that to kilowatt hour rates it, it varies but let's it's essentially 2.5 cents a kilowatt hour just just two cents mm -hmm. to 2.5 cents just for the gas right so when you take that into consideration you take in your capex for the for the power generation and mm -hmm. that transmission and distribution distribution fees that's why being able to do the on-site power generation with the stranded gas is so incentivizing and so cheap, and that's where that move, you're seeing a big movement towards. Okay, so you you have to uh, you're talking about it in terms of uh, MCF, and then you have to translate that over to uh, kilowatt hour rate. Um, yes. All right. Yes, uh, and MCF is the measurement, just like barrels of oil, they measure mm -hmm. gas in in MCF. Okay. Yeah, and so every turbine. Every gas engine has a different efficiency, right? But you would just take you would just take the heat rate of the gas, and, and calculate how many how many MC, MCF it takes to generate that one kilowatt hour. And ba based off based off that and your price, you can easily calculate what your your kilowatt hour is. Can you give us like a, a ballpark? Like on average, these gas engines need this much gas to generate yeah. a kilowatt hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it can it can vary anywhere from uh, nine thousand to thirteen thousand uh, thirteen thousand heat rate, which is let's just say let's just say you have a ten thousand uh, you have a ten thousand uh, heat rate, which means ten thousand BTU per kilowatt hour. An, okay. MC, an MCF of gas is a thousand. You know, it can be about a, a little over a thousand a thousand BTU. Okay. And a, a thousand BTU, right? And I'm a, a cubic feet of gas. So what you do is you take that you take that ten thousand heat rate, you divide it by the BTU of the gas, which is a thousand. Then you get ten cubic feet, right? Per per uh, per kilowatt hour. Then that ten cubic feet, you then you then calculate based off based off your MCF price. Mm -hmm. You're, you, you divide, you know, a thousand divided by that ten. You get you get a, a hundred cubic feet, right? You get you get you get a, a hundred cubic feet uh, 
that then you're able well, then sorry i'm kind of getting lost track on there but essentially yeah it's a lot of math but it's <laughs> essentially you you calculate how many cubic feet it takes to generate that kilowatt hour and based on based on your mcf price uh which is like you know say it takes say it takes uh say it's 10 10 mcf say it's say it's 10 MC, uh 10 cubic feet per kilowatt hour and your price okay. is two, uh, on market is two dollars in mcf right so you take you take that price that two dollars in mcf and you divide it by uh by i think a hundred or a mm -hmm. thousand and it ends up being two cents a kilowatt hour now that's a perfect example right so if you're getting eight cubic feet of gas per kilowatt hour or 12 12 cubic feet of gas per kilowatt hour uh that that two cents will vary up or down okay based on the heat rate if it if it uses less than than ten thousand heat rate, it uses nine thousand or six thousand. When you're talking about heat recovery, steam generation, uh, then then that will affect your your kil your kilowatt hour rate. And it's it's honestly not too difficult to calculate. There's a few steps, uh, but it's always easier when you're running it on spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah. sure, of course. <laughs> now yeah. I'm I'm just imagining here that the the reciprocating engines are less efficient at converting the gas into electricity than the turbines. Is that true? It just depends. Okay. It just depends, really. I mean, you have a lot of gas engine manufacturers out there, and and based off how how it takes in the gas, you have to run a performance analysis. There's a, there's mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of moving variables that. Based on you know, based on your gas composition, it'll derate the turbine uh, in a certain way, right? And so it, that if you can have a, a rated efficiency, uh, but you're talking about a specific site, it's going to be totally different based on your gas composition, and 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 it varies between you know gas engines and turbines. Yeah. So there are a lot of options. Yeah. So um, yeah, Devin, we I, I want to ask you. Uh, how people can get a hold of you, uh, so you can let our audience know. But first, um, Ethan, why don't you and I talk a little bit about that new cool thing that we just launched? Uh, sure, absolutely. So we have launched crypto mining tools um, as a marketplace. You guys may have all be familiar with our, our previous apps. That was a, a calculator and a comparison app. And we've decided to take it a step further and make it a full-fledged marketplace. You can go on there and you can list your miners for sale. And you know, as people go, they now have a single, you know, unified, clear and easy to see interface. Um, and, and go ahead and scroll down again, Scott, and show like, um, so here is a great example. We have um, the same miner, but by two different sellers listed for sale. So you can go through this marketplace. You can find the miners that you want at the price that you want, and you can even filter by location. So you can find the miners that are closest to you um, at the price that you want. If you want to sell, you can go and you can list your miners on there for sale. Um, and you know it's in a trusted environment that's developed by you know Scott and myself. To make sure that you know all of the the crummy things that have happened in the past through chat rooms and things like that with people getting ripped off and scammed don't happen absolutely well i couldn't say it any better so um thanks for saying that ethan and uh so back to devin yeah well well first off what what you just showed your website's amazing i mean the the miners that we're deploying power generation for are are looking to source equipment and i'm already you know i already send them your way 
Awesome. And uh, having having this uh, having this whole e-commerce platform uh, just is a game changer. I mean, I think so too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well, cool. thank you, um, Devin. How do people get a hold of you if they have questions about uh, running off of natural gas and and taking advantage of this this flare gas situation? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so uh, my company is is, is BYO Energy. Okay. Uh, BYO Energy dash Energy BYO dash Energy dot com is the is the link. Uh, and and really, um, I'm I'm on Telegram. Uh, shoot me a text at eight three two. Four eight three two seven two five and oh, uh, he went there. That's my number. <laughs> but, right. but yeah, I mean, if you have any questions about that, uh, definitely let me know. Uh, our, our, you know, sure. our business we have we have our own we're having our own gas secured. But miners that have their their gas secured, we can actually you know deploy power generation solutions at their site, finance the turbines, and just turn key to kilowatt hour kilowatt hour. Yeah. Rate. PPA. Awesome. So, well, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people Googling you now and, and uh, yeah, they'll be looking for Devin Blitzer. So it's because you're so popular and they're listening. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I ever have really bad gas and I don't know what to do with it, I'm calling you first, Devin. Yeah. I mean, you're going to see oil company, oil companies are, are, are going to start doing this on their own. It's, they're going to become miners and, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, they have some shitty gas. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse um, my language. Yeah, just on the the way out here, um, rain. I think that's how you say it. Rain cotton says good mm -hmm. discussion. And can you speak to the O and M and interval overhaul cost on a per kilowatt basis for gensets? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I don't even understand what that sentence. Yeah. Means. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, it just depends if it's a, if it's a reciprocating engine or if it's if it's a gas turbine. Uh, for instance, on a five on a five megawatt uh, gas turbine like a Solar, to overhaul it, we'll just call a million a million bucks, right? Just to overhaul it, and that that rate is about uh, half a cent a kil That's about a half a cent a kilowatt hour to over maybe a little less to overhaul that turbine. And it just depends on on if you want to do, you know, if you do a service agreement with the OEM or non-OEM, they're going to be the ones servicing servicing the uh, the turbine for you. So you can either decide to to include the overhaul cost in that LTSA, which they'll they'll service for you, or you can just do uh, an, a service agreement without without the overhaul. Uh, but uh, essentially, you're looking at. Uh, Less less than a cent, anywhere from half a cent to a cent for a service agreement, where you know uh, the the OEM would would replace the overhaul and it would be included. Uh, in terms of reciprocating engines, you're looking at uh, you know fifty to sixty percent of the, the the turbine the gas reciprocating engine cost to uh, to overhaul it, and you're looking at about it just depends on the engine, but twice twice the cost okay. uh, for for uh, servicing servicing the turbine right so lower lower capex the, the but engine, higher not opex the, not the turbine sorry the gas engine yeah. yes 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 okay. yeah and uh yeah well great um thanks for that last minute question there and uh devin thanks for coming on our show well yeah, thanks a lot again. devin i really right. appreciate it thank you sure. okay bye-bye all, right. all right so Thanks again to our sponsor, Novablock.
they have a mining pool at novablock.com. And if you go to their website, go to the uh, right-hand corner, there is a sign-up button. Click the sign-up button, and you can enter the invitation code offered 18, and you can get a reduction in your pool fees down to 1.8%.